Welcome to Rainer's Radio, practical training for joint heirs with Christ, with your host, Diane Thomas. Good evening, and welcome to Rainer's Radio. This is Diane Thomas, your host. As usual, let's just take a moment and relax and focus gently, but just let anything else that's on your mind or your emotions or anything you're doing, just set it aside and let's just take a couple moments and increase our awareness that God is always present. He's with you right now. You're in him spiritually. You're one with him spiritually. He's not asking you for anything. He's not requiring or demanding or expecting anything. He's already given you his stamp of approval. Because you are part of him, you are in him, God is love, and he shows, lo- shows us love by giving unconditionally. We seem to have a real hard time with that. And that's understandable. Our, our soul functions, I guess we could say our soul is suspicious. Everyone has a motive. Everyone has an expectation or there are strings attached to our behavior, to our love, to our relationship, except with God. And if you've been born again, your spirit is now one with him and that's it. There's no shadow of turning. There's no no take-backs. He doesn't change his mind. He's never surprised at what's going on within you. There's nothing you can hide from him. And he, this is our hard part, is he's never disappointed. He's never shocked. He's never dissuaded from loving you, from giving himself to you. This is all part of his plan. And we see all the bad that happens and we experience the bad that happens and we're disappointed in ourselves and we think we should have done better and Life should be better and we should be able to fix everything. But this is all part of God's plan. It's all necessary. It's all part of the consequences that God uses to bring us into oneness so that we can be one spirit, soul, and body in him. It's not how well we perform, how many believers we can get into heaven, whatever that means. God's not keeping count. He's not, 
He doesn't have a scorecard. He doesn't have a, a test sheet where he's marking how you're doing. Instead, he loves you. And when you're in pain, when I'm in pain, it's not that God shares our pain. It's that he experiences our pain with us. He uses, and it's not like it was a surprise, but he uses every circumstance, every pain, and every joy. And sometimes that's harder on us when when we're experiencing victory and success because it really reveals what is really going on behind our motivations. When is enough? How much success is enough? How much victory is enough? Are we always striving for more? Because we have... We are all running around with a great big hole, and we're trying to stuff stuff in it. And that hole is our soul, not our spirit. Your spirit is either living or dead. And if it's living, if you've been reborn, that's done. You're complete. You are unified with God. So the problem is our soul. And our soul lost the ability to receive life from spirit. Part of God's plan. But ever since then, your soul has been coming up with its own master plan. Now God created our soul to have three basic needs. The need for love. The need for acceptance and the need for value, significance, uniqueness, to be recognized as an individual, to be accepted as an individual, to be loved as an individual, as you. We use terms like, I want to be heard, I want to be seen, I want to be known, I want to be able to be myself. That's your, your soul's anthem. I want to be myself. And yet your soul isn't itself apart from being united with your spirit. Because your soul has no life of its own. And who you truly are is not your soul. It's your spirit. God gifted you with a soul. And he loves your soul. And he wants you to love your soul. But it's not you. It's a gift he gave you. Now it's a treasured gift. It's valuable. It's valuable to him. It's valuable to us. But it's not who you are. In fact, you don't know who you are until your soul is fully reunited with your spirit. Because your soul is still carrying all the baggage, all the bad habits, all the wounds, all the lies, all the generational history and curses and and demands and coping mechanisms and whatever you want to add to that list, phobias, just basically bad habits. And those bad habits keep your soul from being able to be 
what God, the gift that God gave you. Your soul is striving to be worthy of God's love, to be worthy of God's acceptance and his value, his valuing of you. When God says, no, that's done, I unconditionally love you and accept you and value you right now, right as you are, because we're talking about your spirit. Now, your soul is meant to be one with your spirit. But your soul and spirit can't be joined. It's like an interlocking, you know, a zipper that gets off, off one little notch. It doesn't zip right. There's always going to be a knot there. Or, you know, a puzzle where you, where you try to put the pieces together, but they don't fit. Until your soul is connected fully to your spirit, you're not going to experience who you truly are as a spirit with a soul. You and I right now, we're living out of our soul our mind, will, and emotions. And because your soul is so bruised and misguided and has all these bad habits, we misinterpret the circumstances that God has us in. This is how we develop our own theology, our own doctrines, our own uh, Evaluation of how we're doing, because we're doing it based on the misinterpretation our soul has of what is going on. And our soul will continue those bad habits, will continue misinterpreting our own lives, our own past, present, and future, until God lets it fail. And so often... We misinterpret the failure as well. We blame God. Why did you let this happen? When it's actually the very best thing that could have happened. It's because he's showing us where we fail. Think about is in your own history, is there something you've always struggled with? You know, going around the mountain. And no matter how hard you try, you can't overcome it. You can't change. You can't, you know, come up with a a solution. And sometimes we get angry at God for not fixing it. And yet it's that very troubling spot, that bad habit that God is letting fail that is the key to the restoration of our soul and spirit. Not that you can do anything about it, but God is drawing his attention, drawing your attention to what he's doing because he wants us to be participants in that restoration process, renewing your mind, restoring your soul, developing good judgment and healing your emotions. What would that be like? You know, we can think back at, you know, whatever your idea about what, when Jesus was walking around, what what did that look like? 
Now, he was clearly an emotional being, and he was clearly a wise being, and he was clearly a proactive being. I mean, he, he went into Jerusalem knowing what was going to happen. He was never a victim in any way, shape, or form. He always embraced the circumstances that his father had set out for him. Not that he wanted to, not that he was looking forward to it. Father, take away this cup, but not my will be done, but yours. So we have those same struggles. So we don't turn from them. We learn from them. And what do we learn? It's not about each little different circumstance. It's not about what's going on in our will or mind or emotions. It's about learning through experience to to trust God, to know him, to be with him. That everything that's going on in our lives, we say, thank you. I don't understand it. I wish this wasn't happening, but thank you. I know it will bear good fruit. And at some point in time, it may not be on this earth, but at some point in time, we'll say, I'm glad I went through that. When we look at the scope of our lives, it is so short. You know, life is short. Yes, life is short. But that's just this life. Again, it's your soul and your body, most of all, that are constrained right now to this life. Now, I don't, not necessarily a proponent of, of uh, reincarnation, but I do believe there's something before this, and there's probably something after. And there could be multi dimensions. I mean, God is so creative. There's just so much out there that we don't understand that we don't know. And that if we did understand, that if we did know, our soul wouldn't be able to cope. So God is gentle. And he exposes truths to us. He reveals truth to us as we can handle it. A little truth can be even dangerous if we think we have all the truth because it distracts us from dependence and reliance on God. The solution to your problem is not truth. It is the truth. It It is the person of God. Now, the only way we get there is through becoming being born again through Christ. He paid he paid your your ticket price. He paid everything. He paid off your debt. I like to use the analogy it's you know, through Adam the human race our souls became separated from our spirits and under the law we became indebted to spirit, to God. And God started putting up more and more laws. This is, you know, because the first thing that, that separated 
Adam and Eve from God was breaking the law. Thou shalt not eat of the tree of good and evil. And they did it anyway. That was breaking the law. So from then on, God is simply, there's just become more and more and more laws. And we make up our own laws. If you start thinking about what you're thinking about, you're going to find yourself shaming yourself, discouraging yourself, because you have not met your own laws. You don't even need God to say, yes, no, you're doing fine, you're doing poorly. You don't even need the devil. You don't need the world system. You do it yourself. We do it yourself. I do it myself. Because for so long, that's all we've had. It's always been a struggle. This is, you know, one of the things, you know, all all you who labor, come unto me and I will give you more to do. I'll give you more clear instructions. I will give you the power to do better. No, I will give you rest. doesn't say I will change your circumstances. But he'll give us rest in our circumstances. So as God restores our soul, what does that mean? We can think about our spirit on, on one side of a table and our soul on the other side of the table. And our so- soul being restored to our spirit is just a little tiny bit of our soul being reconnected to our spirit. Not the whole soul. It's a little bit at a time. But as that happens, our soul is slowly being tugged and drawn closer to spirit i i sometimes wonder if there comes like a tipping point if let's say there's you've got a hundred areas of your soul that are meant to be connected to your spirit and let's say you get 50 of those points those spots of connection actually connected to your spirit Is that enough where all of a sudden just the rest of your soul is reconnected, restored to your spirit? What would that be like? Um, That would be an amazing experience. Any of that would be an amazing experience. Just being aware that that's what God is doing. It's not you, you and you can't speed up the process. But you, you can be diligent about doing what our hands find to do, which is learning to live and move and have our being in him. Finding out how our soul functions. How, just for yourself, think of yourself walking with Christ, with, with Jesus as he was walking. You're, you're hanging out with the disciples and you're listening to Jesus. What is he teaching? Most of the time it's not some deep doctrine or explaining scriptures. He taught them how things worked. He, he was an example 
of how things worked, how spirit worked, how what a relationship with the Father looked like. You know, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. He showed them how to be with God, how to be with his Father. You spend time with him. And it's best first thing in the morning. And he didn't shirk from the hard things, from doing the hard things, from saying the hard things. And yet he was compassionate to those who, at the time, Jews didn't think deserved compassion. And who did he embrace? And yet he knew he was going to be betrayed. And he said, okay, if that's what it takes. He does all things well. But as as we experience life with walking with God, walking with Jesus, what are we learning? The first book in my series is called Practical Christianity. Does what you believe work? Are you making progress in some area, in some way? Or do you feel just as defeated Do you feel like you still haven't measured up? Do you feel like God's still disappointed in you? Those things that you struggled with at the beginning of your walk, are they just as strong now as they were then? Do you see, do you know God more? Do you accept yourself more? Do you value yourself more? Or are you still trying to achieve what God has already given you? Does what you believe work? Is it restoring your soul? Or is it making things worse? Are you embracing lies? Do you embrace the lies that you tell yourself, that the enemies of your soul tell your soul? that God can't do anything with you, that you're a disappointment, that you'll never overcome, you'll never change, that all you ever do is hurt other people, that all you ever do is disappoint other people. And yet you still need to just try again, do some more, try harder. Those are all lies. Those are all lies we tell ourselves and very often lies we hear in organized religion. Here's your checklist of what you need to do or say or be to be a good little Christian. Well, that's not from God. If you've been born again, there's only one mark, one question on that piece of paper. It says, Are you born again? Have you been reborn in your spirit? It's either a blank box or there's got a check mark in there. 
That's it. If you've got a, a check mark in that box, now everything proceeds as part of God's process of restoring your soul. That's the purpose now, to become one spirit, soul, and body. And again, the body follows, follows along the fastest, the easiest. We really paid that much attention to it, even though, you know, again, we've talked about this before, so much of the Christian world is focused on behavior, which is surface what we do with our bodies. What's far more important is what's going on in our soul. So you'll find the more time you spend with him, very often things get worse. Sometimes you'll see things about yourself that you're really disappointed in. God's fine with that. Don't hold it against yourself because that's not you. That's your soul. You're his son. You're a joint heir with Christ, a co-inheritor with him. You're one with Christ in the Father. You are in the kingdom, in your spirit. That's not the issue. The problem is, is your soul has a bunch of bad habits. And God is dealing with those bad habits over time in the order and the priority that he thinks is most important. That's some, that's a lot of times that's, our, that's the problem as well, is we have, we have a priority list about what we think he should be doing first, working on first, second, and third. And he is not in any way obligated to follow those priorities. But if you were walking with, with Christ, if you were hanging out with the disciples, listening to Jesus, what would he be saying? What would you want to hear? What would you ask him? What would you be learning? How would you be changed? Would you be changed? Now, remember, these disciples that were hanging out with him were not Christians. They were still dead in their spirit. They were still walking around dead in their sin because those sins had not yet been paid for. So there could be no restoration until after the resurrection, not the crucifixion. Crucifixion paid the price. It was the resurrection that restored relationship, made it possible for your spirit to be joined with his. And now we learn to walk and live and move and have our being. And the circumstances that he has us in, the natural circumstances and the soulical circumstances, this is where we come full circle to, to understand that just as 
we are affected by what's going on in the natural, by what's going on in our communities, in our family, in our physical bodies. We're also affected what's going on in the supernatural. And if we ignore what's going on in the supernatural realm, we are at its mercy. And we don't learn how to live and move and have our being. Now, your soul will eventually learn all this, and your body will. But God does tap us on the shoulder and say, I want you to learn this now. We're not all in the same... We all have our own path. Some go through valleys, some go through mountains, and mountains and mountains and mountains, and some cross the ocean. There's every path possible, but each one is unique for each individual. So we don't evaluate how we're doing compared to others. We ask our Father, we ask God, is there anything I'm ignoring, anything I'm running from? And even if you don't ask the right question, he will direct you. He's guiding you and directing you. He is giving you what you need. You just may not, you just may rather have him be giving you something in a totally different area. Let him prioritize your life. So the more time you spend with him, the more he will teach you and guide you and direct you. And you will see the changes he's making. He's going to make the changes in your soul anyway. But we want to be able to see and participate in and be aware of our soul being reunited with our spirit. So take some time. This is your that's your homework. What would it be like you're hanging out with the disciples, listening to Jesus, living with Jesus? What are you learning? What is he saying? What is he teaching? And what do you want to know? What do you want from him? So got any questions for me though? Drop me a line at diane at therainersclub.org or give me feedback through Blog Talk Radio. Otherwise, we'll be getting back together again the same time next week. Until then, this has been Diane Thomas of Rainers Radio. Have a great night.